Hello and welcome back to the Young Adults Bible Study Podcast. My name is Lindsay and today is a very snowy and blizzardy day outside. So I decided that I should maybe finish off chapter 1 verse 14 to 17 of Romans. I hope you enjoy this episode. We're going to be finishing off our conversation about how we should be sharing our faith and what that means. If you would like, you can listen to the previous episode to get caught up a little bit. And without further ado, let's dive into the book of Romans. Today we are finally going to finish off the first half of the first chapter of Romans. Thank you guys for sticking it out with me this far. Just to kind of highlight what we went over in the last full episode, we talked about Paul and how he says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. And we talked about how we start interactions. And if we were to start every interaction or thought towards someone with, I thank God for you, how things would turn out so differently. It would turn out differently if we're frustrated with people or if we're mad at people or even if it's a stranger. It just changes our entire mood and it changes the conversation. We also had the question come up, what Paul meant by my spirit, because he says, God, whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his son. He doesn't say the spirit, he says my spirit. So we also discussed what that meant a little bit, and I did have a five-minute episode just explaining what that did mean, because we never actually came to a conclusion in our last episode. Um, We also talked about the importance of community and coming together and building each other up and encouraging each other in person rather than over text message or email or letter. And finally, to bring it all together, we talked about God's timing and what the difference is between our timing and God's timing. Because when we want to do something, even if it's been spoken over us that this is where we're supposed to be, sometimes it's not the right timing to do so. If I'm called to go to Bible school, maybe it's not supposed to be this year. Maybe I'm supposed to get my finances put together and then go next year. Or if I'm supposed to buy a house, maybe it's not supposed to be this time, but it will be sometime in the future. And I have to get ready for that. And we talked about this in relation to Paul when he was trying to go to Rome, but it just wasn't time. And if he did end up going the way that he thought he was going to go, it wouldn't have made such a big impact as it did when he went. Now that we're all caught up, let's read verse 14 and 15. It says, I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I'm so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. Let's look at verse 14. We can see that there are two contrasts here. Paul says, I am obligated to both the Greeks and non-Greeks, and both to the wise and the foolish. The word Greek in this passage is not talking about those who specifically lived in Greece or originated there. It's actually talking about those who speak Greek and those who do not. Paul is saying that it is his obligation to share to all. It doesn't matter who they are, although he did leave out Jew and Gentile in the passage. Um, 
he was mostly just saying that he is excited to preach to Rome because he has a message to the world, not just to one people group. It does seem a little strange when reading this that he doesn't say Jew and Gentile, though, because there is that contrast all throughout the New Testament, Jews and Gentiles. But for Paul, he is very specifically called to go to the Gentile people. He has tried to go to the Jews, but as we can see through scripture, it hasn't worked out the best when he did go to the Jews. And the Gentiles is where his heart is. Yes, it's his duty to go to all people, but he does have a very specific motive to go to the Gentiles. This is something that me and my sister have talked about a lot because she is very, very, very good with homeless people, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, and she always thought that I had to have the same heart as her for the same type of people. I should be out there doing what she's doing, but that's just not the case because that isn't where my gifts are. We all have different gifts, and I'm going to keep coming back to our gifts because ultimately every single person is different, and that's how God created us. He created us all to be unique. He created us all to be able to have different strengths so that we can reach different people. Uh, some people are very good at working with people on the streets, like my sister is. Some people are very good at working with elderly. Some people are really good at working with youth, with children, with girls in addiction, if you want to be specific. Every single person is built different so that we can reach different people. If all of us were built the same, then we would only be able to reach one type of person. Some people are really good at learning different languages, and those are the people that are usually the best at going overseas because they can relate to people better than I can. I can't even learn French, and that is my country's second language, and I I just can't do it. That's not who I am, but some people, I've met this one girl who knows eight different languages, and one of them isn't even a real language. It's a language from D&D. It's elfish. And I just think that that is incredible, because that's something that I can't do. But we all have different things in place. We all have different talents, and some people's talents are way more prominent than others. But just because you don't have a gift that is easily seen, like piano or music in general or drawing or any of those things what if your gift is hospitality what if your gift is giving these are all really really important gifts and they allow us to be able to reach different people just like paul paul is able to reach gentiles way easier than he is able to reach jews this is because of his experiences because of who he is and for his zealousness and in Galatians Paul said he received a vision of the resurrected Jesus who commissioned him to be the apostle to the Gentiles so that is quite literally his calling therefore it is a lot easier for him and each of us do have a different calling even though it might all be very similar yes we are all called to share the gospel of Jesus but We all have different ways to do it and different people groups to reach. We have different callings placed on our own lives. 
But this is why he is so eager to preach the gospel to the Romans, as he says in verse 15. He's eager because it is his calling. And are we ever eager to tell people about the gospel? I know that I struggle with being eager to tell people about the gospel unless it comes to a certain people group. I love teaching young adults right now. It, I love having our young adults Bible study. I love doing this podcast. It's just something that I'm excited to do. It's something that I'm eager to do. Even though I might not be the best at it, it's still something that God will use to touch people and to reach people. And I really like teaching. I love teaching people, people who are young in their faith and need to be brought up in their faith and matured in their faith. I love being able to take them under my wing and and show them God's love and what it means to be a Christian. But that is what God showed me. That is where I'm at right now and that is my calling in my life right now. Previously, it was youth. I started a youth group in Kenora, Saskatchewan when I was pretty much brand new in my faith, but that was exactly where I needed to be at that moment. Because I didn't want to teach my youth anything wrong, I studied and studied and studied the word of God until my eyes were sore and I couldn't close them because of how tired they were. But it helped me and I had a zeal and a passion for that and that was my calling in that moment. And sometimes our callings do change direction a little bit. We're not called to do the exact same thing in every single season of our life. Sometimes it does change, but my passion for teaching hasn't changed. The age group that I'm teaching changed, but the actual act of teaching hasn't. What people group are you the most comfortable with? And I think that really helps with finding out who you're supposed to be sharing the gospel with. When was the last time you shared the gospel? Was it comfortable for you? Was it something that you were forced to do? If you want to email me about that last time, that would be an amazing story. I would love to hear your experiences. But the people that you're most comfortable with, the people that you feel a draw to, those are usually the people that you're supposed to share the gospel with. Some people, they just have this way with a certain type of people. My other sister, not the sister that I've been talking about, but my other sister who is two years younger than me, she has this way with old people and they just love her. They ask her when she's going to be on shift next. They compliment her to the bosses. She is just loved by every single one of them and that's because that is where her passion is and that is the people group that she is drawn to. And then me, I'm supposed to do young adults, and then my other sister, she is with homeless people, and my mom, she fosters, so we have all of these little kids in our home all the time, and that is her ministry. Her ministry is to be able to share with my little siblings, (laughs) and I just find that every single person does have a draw to a certain type of people and we're supposed to use that and we're supposed to nurture that so then that we can be more comfortable sharing the gospel we're not supposed to be scared of sharing the gospel we're not supposed to be fearful of it but it does really help to know 
that we have a place in this world. We have a people group that we should be sharing with. And it's really comforting to know that because all of a sudden the pressure is off to tell every single person you meet about Jesus because that's not necessarily what our purpose is. Some people it is. And that's incredible. And it's always our purpose to shine Jesus's light through us. We're supposed to have his love to every single person, to our neighbors. But sharing and having that close relationship, it really does matter on who you are. If we look at verse 16, Paul says that he's not ashamed of the gospel. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Are you unashamed of the gospel? I know I shared a story a couple episodes back about how I met this guy from my past life uh, at Walmart and he was asking me what I was up to. And I was scared to tell them that I worked at Youth for Christ because he knew me as a non-Christian and I didn't want him to judge me for that. Eventually, I did tell him that I worked for Youth for Christ and it was very freeing to do that. But in that very moment, was I ashamed of the gospel? And I don't think I was ashamed of the gospel, but I think I felt shame for who I used to be. But in a roundabout way... Because I'm ashamed of that, and I haven't let it go, I am ashamed of the gospel in that small way. Not anymore, like I, I've worked through that, and maybe I am in some areas of my life, but because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, I can't be ashamed of that, because I am changed. I am not the person who I was, and although there might be this shame that is attached to my old self. I am this new creation in Christ, and I should not be ashamed of that. Where do you stand in that? Are you ashamed of the gospel? Paul then says, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. And I think this simply means that the Jewish people simply got the word of God first. I don't think it's saying that they are more important to than us. Actually, I know that it's not saying that Jewish people are more important than Gentiles, but it is just saying that they did receive the word of God before the Gentiles did. In this next sentence, it says, For in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So let's break this down a little bit. The first part of chapter 1 was introductions and praise to the Romans people. Um, it is a build-up to these two verses that set the context for the rest of the book. Paul is saying that he is not ashamed of the gospel. It, he is saying that he is proud of the gospel and that it is a privilege to teach. Paul was unashamed because the gospel he was bringing was good news. It was a message of salvation. It had life-changing power, and it is for everyone. It's not just for some people, it's for everyone. When you are tempted to be ashamed, remember that the good news is all about... We have to remember that the good news isn't about us. It's not about the selfishness. It's not about 
us changing. It's about God. It's about Jesus and what he did for us. It's about being able to come to him as we are and having this life changing experience because Jesus died for us and we can now live for God. We can now live for Christ. If you focus on God and what God is doing in the world instead of on your own inadequacy, you won't be ashamed or embarrassed. We have to move forward from our past. We have to move forward from the person that we used to be because we can't be ashamed or embarrassed about that because it's not about us. And we have to keep remembering that it's not about us because when we start focusing on ourselves, we start tripping, we start messing up, we start focusing on what isn't right. We start having heart changes that are self-centered. But when we start focusing on God, we become God-centered and we start looking towards him and we start filling our hearts with love. I'm going to read these two verses again because Paul sets up three themes in these verses. He sets up the theme that there is salvation, there is faith, and there is justification. If you want to read along, this is verse 16 and 17 of the first chapter of Romans. And again, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteousness will live by faith. The first of these three themes is there is salvation. People in this part of the world in Paul's day were actively seeking salvation and what it was and how they were to find it. So what is salvation and what is salvation from? What do we have to be saved from? I know that sometimes we feel like we have to be saved from ourselves or we have to be saved from sin, but what are all of the things that salvation is here for? When we are saved by Jesus' blood from Jesus dying on the cross and rising up again, we are saved from life's infection, which we can see in Acts 2.40. Peter says, um, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. That's literally him saying that this salvation also saves us from corrupt generation. That's basically just the people around us. It's saved from all the corruptness that's happening around us. It's life's infection. It's not one specific thing. It's literally just life. The second thing that we need salvation from is lostness. We can see this in Luke 19.10. He says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. I don't know about you guys, but it's not just a loss as in a physical loss, but it's a loss in our hearts, it's a loss in our souls, and it's something that you can feel. You can feel lost. And when we are saved, we are saved from this lostness through Jesus' blood. The third salvation is salvation from sin, which is something that I'm sure we can all agree on. There's a lot of verses that can prove this, but the one that I'm going to look at is Matthew 1, 21, and it says, if I can find it here, 
She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. When we think about that, though, saved from our sins, when we talked last week about our sins and how it's a downward spiral and how we're stuck in our sin until we are saved from it, we, we do physically need to be saved from our sin. It's not something that we can do on our own. We can't just stop sinning on our own. We have to physically be saved from it. And we are saved from our sins through the blood of Jesus. The fourth salvation I want to talk about is we are saved from physical illness. We can see this in Matthew 9:21, and it says, she said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. This is, of course, talking about the woman who was bleeding for a number of years and she 12 years to be exact. And she thought that she just needed to touch Jesus cloak to be healed. And that is exactly what happened. But it wasn't the act of touching the cloak. It was the act of faith. And. I know a lot of people think that healing isn't something that happens anymore because we just don't see it or we don't see it here in Canada very often. And I think that is simply because of our lack of faith. We don't feel like Jesus can heal us. And if we don't think that he can heal us, if we think that that's something that is gone and that doesn't happen in today's world anymore, then of course it's not going to happen because we don't have that faith. We need faith in order for things to happen. And I'm not saying that every single problem can be healed. Not every single bone that's broken can be healed. Not every single um, person with cancer can be healed. Not every single person with asthma can be healed. Not everyone with bone issues or pain can be healed but it's all God's will and God's timing and even if something leads to death ultimately that is still healing because if they go to heaven they are in a new body they are with Christ they are up there and they are healed so ultimately God does answer our prayers but we do need to remember that there is healing here on earth too. And it is about faith. God is a God that doesn't change. So if he healed in Bible times, why wouldn't he heal in today's world too? Um, another salvation that Jesus brings is salvation from danger. And again, we're going to be in Matthew. We can see that in Matthew 8.25. This is the story about Jesus calming the storm, and it says, The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. I'm going to read chapter, uh, verse six, 26 as well, and it says, He replied, You have little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. Of course, we can't always avoid danger in itself, but we can avoid the fear. We are saved from that fear of danger because we do have that comfort in every single situation with Jesus by our side. We are saved from that. We are saved from that fear. We do not need it anymore. We no longer have that. The last point of salvation that I want to talk about is salvation from the wrath of God. 
And if you guys listened to our last episode, we talked about how the wrath of God happens when he gives us over to our sins. When we choose to live in a way that is not godly, we are given up to our sins, which is the wrath of God. That's not free will. Free will is not kindness and mercy when you are choosing to sin. When you're choosing to sin, that is God's wrath because there are consequences to sin. Uh, we're going to look at Romans 5, 9, and it says, Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? I think all of these are just such incredible promises that we don't look at enough. We don't understand that there is salvation from life's infections, salvation from lostness, salvation from sin, salvation from physical illness, salvation from danger, and salvation from the wrath of God. We always just put it all into one big lump sum and say, we're saved. But have you ever stopped and thought, what are we saved from? And this is why Paul is so excited. He's excited to share it because the gospel isn't just about us. It's about God's salvation and what he can do. Because all of this stuff is really cool when we have it in our lives. Like, yeah, I'm super glad that I'm saved from loss and saved from my sins and saved from physical illness if I have my faith. But God's the one that is doing this. All of this is through Jesus from our Heavenly Father. And I think that shows how mighty He is and how great He is and how incredible He is. He made us and He wants to save us from these things. And I don't know about you guys, but for that, I am just so in awe. I am so thankful. So the... That was the first theme that Paul set up in these two verses. So the first theme was there is salvation. But the second theme that Paul sets up is that there is faith. Faith is a word that everyone knows, but not everyone understands. Uh, faith means a lot of things. What does the word faith mean to you? I know for me, I guess it means putting my trust in Jesus or um, following something blindly. But when you actually dig into it, faith means loyalty. And loyalty is giving allegiance to a person or, or to God. Like it, it means that you are loyal to him. You don't go off to other gods. You don't go off to other things. You don't put other things ahead of him. You are loyal to him. And that's part of what faith is. Faith means loyalty. But it also means belief. When I talk about belief in this setting, I'm sure you guys are like, well, yeah, of course you have to believe because that just goes hand in hand with faith. But think about it. People can worship God. They can be loyal to God without actually believing that he exists. There have been instances of pastors that devote their entire life, they are loyal to the faith, they are loyal to God, but they don't actually believe in him. So that actually is part of what faith is too. We're actually believing 
in him. We're actually taking what he says as truth and we are adding it to our own lives. Faith also sometimes is quite simply the Christian religion. It's it's the faith. It's believing in the Bible. It's believing in what we are told we have to believe in the word of God. It's it's not coming straight from the pulpit. It's not coming from the podcast that you listen to. Even this, I urge you very strongly to hold it up against scripture, scripture because I'm just a human and I make mistakes. So please don't just take everything that I say and be like, this person said this. But please, please hold everything that I say up to scripture. But it's Sometimes that is just what faith is. It Faith is believing in the words that Jesus gave us. And all in all, that is being a Christian. Being a Christian means that you have faith. The way that Paul uses it, he uses it the most to mean total acceptance and absolute trust. What does total acceptance mean to your life? I know, like, when I'm reading this... It's almost scary because total acceptance means that you're 100% going off the deep end and you're you're jumping in. It's it's crazy and it's something that people of the world say you shouldn't do, but absolute total acceptance and absolute trust. That's how Paul uses the word faith in his letters. That's how he uses it in Romans and I think that's incredibly cool the third theme that Paul sets up is there is justification this is a hard word to understand because it does not mean to prove it is right I know that we usually use it in today's world in court or when you're trying to justify an action But in this specific case, justification means to enter into a new relationship with God and a relationship of love and confidence and friendship instead of one of distance and fear. Justification is the right relationship between God and man. I don't know about you guys, but I am so incredibly thankful that we are able to have a relationship with God because before there there was no way to actually have that relationship with him but now that Jesus died on the cross and rose again through him we we do have that we do have that relationship and we have the spirit living inside of us which is just incredible but it's not just a relationship with God. Justification means that it's a right relationship with God, that we're in right standing with God. So if we bring all of those themes together, um, salvation and faith and justification, it brings up all of what we're going to be talking about in Romans. So you're going to have to continue following or at least continue reading the book of Romans to see every single one of these themes played out and see what they mean. I definitely wasn't expecting this podcast to go the full 30 minutes because it was only four verses that we were looking at, but I am really glad that it did. I'm really glad that I was able to talk to you guys today just about all of these different things that Paul is bringing up and 
we hit a lot of really hard topics that are really hard to understand like justification is something that I have trouble wrapping my head around I have trouble wrapping my head around what is a right relationship with God or faith the word faith is in our everyday life that we just don't really talk about that much people say oh you have to have faith or you have little faith or all of those different I guess Christianese uh, phrases but what is faith and I'm really glad that we were able to go over what faith is today um, thank you guys very much for listening I am very thankful for each and every one of you that do listen so far we have like 35 listens on this podcast which doesn't seem like a whole lot but every time I see a new listen my heart skips a beat a little bit um next week we are going to be diving into the second half of chapter one of Romans um I know that we are going super slow but I just want to be able to go through all of these key words and all these key phrases because this first chapter really does set up what the rest of the book looks like and how we're going to go through the rest of the book. Um, again, just thank you guys so much. If any of you want to reach out to me or uh, let me know if I said something wrong or if you guys have a question or if you'd like to tell me one of your stories about sharing your faith or um, how this podcast is helping you through some things or uh, just anything you'd like to email me about, really, even if you just want to say, hey, I'm listening and this is where I'm from, that would be incredible. The email is youngadultspodcast.pc at gmail.com. And thank you guys so much for listening. Again, I, I'm just so thankful. I know that I've said that so many times, but I, I truly am thankful for you guys. I hope you guys have a great day, and we will see you next time on the next episode. Bye, guys. I know you're probably like, why is she still here? Why is she still talking? I'm super annoyed of her voice already, but I am going to stick a song at the end of this voice clip, I guess, and it's my sister singing Peace by Anna Golan, and I this is a song that has actually really, really touched me lately. It's been something that I've been listening to, and it just floods me with this overwhelming sense of peace because God is so good and we can find God in every single situation we can find God in the river we can find God in a roaring sea we can find God in confusion we can find God in stressful situations we can find God in hurt and in pressure and in our everyday work life we can find God everywhere so I just really appreciate you guys if you would take a listen to it And if you want to find her on YouTube, she goes under the name Randy Lee. I think it's Randy Lee Music. Uh, And let me know what you think. Thank you. And again, we'll see you guys next week. I'm actually done talking now. Bye. I found peace in the river. I found peace by quiet streams. I found peace on the mountain
Confused. 